0: Hey, Anna.
1: Hey, Mike.
0: Billy is looking fabulous. and You know why?
1: Tell me. He always looks fabulous, though.
0: Well, but he's looking extra fabulous. And I think it's because of, well, I know it's because of the Powerball collagen he's been taking. His coat is really shiny and his skin is really sort of supple. You know, he's just looking like a supermodel.
1: Well, that's great. Well, you know, the supermodel thing is funny because people think of collagen as a beauty product, really. It's yeah. so marketed as such at a human level, when in fact, the f- interesting thing about collagen is it's so multifaceted, you mm. know, because it's a structural protein, you know, that sadly depletes with age. By adding it into your diet, you're also helping the digestive system and yeah, the okay. immune system. So you mentioned system. that.
0: You've mentioned that before. Yeah. So it's good for his digestion too, isn't it?
1: yeah it really is because it helps the structure of the gut wall and it's all about keeping the structure of the gut wall because there's um, a condition called leaky gut and you don't want your dog to be having that so I've, collagen I've had that
0: after a bad career you do not want that
1: <laughs> definitely don't want one of those but yeah so it's not a, so it's not only skin and coat but it really helps that but of course it also helps at joints as well mm. as you know the gut lining and also guess what with cuts and grazes you know how when the wound starts to kind of mesh together you know Mm, when you've cut yourself well that is the collagen in the body making that happen because it is a structural protein so it helps on so many levels it's certainly not just for the skin and coat although having said that Mike I love the So Body Co the parent firm uh, their collagen that I'm taking myself as a human that has made all the difference to my hair I am notably got thicker hair than I had before taking it there you go
0: But the other thing is, it's not just for us, it's for A Dog's Life listeners as well.
1: It is for A Dog's Life listeners, so both human and pooch. What's the discount code, Mike, for the portable?
0: A Dog's Life 10. That's A-D-O-G-S-L-I-F-E 10.
1: So just go to portable.co.uk and the discount code is A Dog's Life 10.
0: And get 10% off your first order.
1: your poop to do a Worm Counts for Dogs test, well, how excited are we to be meeting up with Kate Bendix from Worm Counts for Dogs to chat about this a bit more. I'm Anna Webb, welcome to A Dog's Life. Hey Kate.
2: Hi Anna.
1: Isn't this lovely because we're sat on Hampstead Heath. It's absolutely glorious, beautiful. Takes your breath away a bit doesn't it, you know, when you've just been on the train and, you know, you're in the centre of London.
2: I love, when I used to live in London, what I love about it is you can come to a little quiet place like this and then in five minutes you're in traffic and the usual London madness. But there's so much of this that people who don't live in London don't see.
1: I know. I think people who don't live in London don't really appreciate how much green space we've got. We're so lucky compared to New York, for example, you know, um, so we've got the Royal Parks as well. And of course the Hackney Marshes, wave a flag for Hackney. Absolutely. And you know, just sitting here, you know, it it makes you realise that we really must save the planet. But you know, part of that is something we're going to be talking about, isn't it? You know, Kate, about sort of this thing about giving monthly wormers. I mean, do you give a monthly wormer? No,
2: I do not give a monthly wormer.
1: I mean, I know you wouldn't personally (laughs) take a monthly wormer.
2: I had two cats that lasted sort of 18 years and they got a wormer when they got a flea treatment because I only gave them a flea treatment when they had fleas. And that was for the first five or six years. Then I got into natural pet care and they never had a flea treatment again.
1: So interesting, isn't it? Well, I'm the same, actually, I must admit. I mean, my dogs don't get either. um, And I like to, you know, test before I treat. Yeah. But with Gremlin, my cat, he's an outdoor cat. He's still pretty out there. So, you know, just to be preventative, I gave him a flea treatment about a month ago, but he hadn't had a flea treatment prior to that one since last summer. <laughs> you know, um, and it's just to be sensible because, you know, he can break out in a flea allergy. And that, of course, is a nightmare.
2: Yeah, flea allergic dermatitis is, um, is incredibly itchy. My sister's Bedlington, he had, and you know, Bedlington's hold on to everything because they don't molt. Yes, yeah. Flea allergic dermatitis on him was horrendous for him. Um, and he often got infected skin because of it.
1: Yeah, it's horrible, and you kind of then need, a course of course, antibiotics as well. Yeah, and it can do
2: although what I really do love, if it's not, if you don't think it's a sick, I mean, always get it checked out. Is um, I love neem oil.
1: Oh, you've always been a fan of neem oil. Love in, it. In fact, it's you because We've known each other. We should say, you know, for oh well not quite a hundred years but um you know a good a good decade oh, yeah a good 10 years definitely. yeah definitely yeah. it's got to be and uh, maybe a bit more and i remember it was you because you 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 had this great website called my itchy dog right yeah yeah do you still have that
2: no i don't have that anymore uh, i run and uh, now a smaller company called worm counts for dogs
1: wow so is that all about testing before you treating
2: yeah that's purely about testing you can test for Giardia. We have a little Giardia kit as well, which is a separate thing. But we uh, basically test for worms and lungworms, all the common worms that your dog will get. Let's talk about the differences between worm and flea uh, worm and lungworm, how they work.
1: Yeah, yeah, go for it.
2: The reason you have to do a worm count and a lungworm count separately is because they're two different tests. So what you'll do is, you, uh, for worms, you will take a sample of one day's poo, send it to the lab. All our kits, by the way, are compostable.
1: Is it only one day's poo? I thought it was three. And the first. That's for lungworm. Poo, and it's the first poo of the morning, isn't yeah. it? Yeah,
2: so you pick up the first poo of the morning. For a worm count, it's one sample. And for a worm count, it's three samples from three different days. So what we say is uh, take the test for a lungworm, do the poo sample on a Monday, do another one on a Tuesday, and then on the Wednesday, pick up the sample for lungworm and pick up the other sample for worm, because then you've got the freshest test possible. Oh, that's a good idea. And put it all in the post that day. Yeah. We also say, or we also recommend, because it depends where you are, that you post them on a Monday.
1: Or post them on a Sunday to arrive on Monday, Tuesday. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got to pick up your dog's poo anyway at the weekend. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) so you've got to
2: pick it up, so do that. You know, don't, don't, if you can, I mean, it doesn't really matter, but if you can, don't really send them on a Thursday because you want the most accurate results you can get.
1: Also, I've heard, correct me if I'm wrong, um, so when you're doing the three-day one for the lungworm, you're not supposed to keep the stool in the fridge?
2: No. Don't keep it in the fridge. Keep it at ambient temperature, which can be a bit difficult when it's very cold or very hot. When it's very cold, keep it in the house somewhere, somewhere, you know, that's just a general ambient temperature. Um, And also what I do sometimes is I put them in the shed. I keep mine in the shed, actually. Yeah, under a plant pot,
1: because also you don't want foxes getting hold of it. I think it grosses people out, but then, you know, you've you've got to pick up your dog's poo anyway. Well, the
2: whole point, because the kits we have now are compostable. Right. And they don't come The way our kits work is they come with all the poo bags you need. Right. So you don't have to get, pick it up with a poo bag and then get a little bit and put it in another poo bag. So you need about, you need between a teaspoon and a dessert spoonful. So you take the poo bag, you pick that up, tie it up, put it in the little compostable bag, put it in the other compostable bag which is bigger, and then send it to the lab. And the reason it has to have so many bags is because it's legally allowed to go in the post, if it's got three or four barriers to the outside world. Oh,
1: okay. We send a lot of
2: samples through through the post in the UK. Think of like a bowel sample, yeah. things like that. Right. Um, so that's all you do. You pick it up with a poo bag, put it in the compostable bags and send it off. And you know, it arrives at the lab and you will get your results back within 24, 48 hours.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what I love about it. And it's straight into your email, straight into your email. sometimes it goes into your junk mail, <laughs> you, yeah, but you, generally no, it's, yeah, it's straight into exactly. your email. And, and it's, it's, it's great, it's really
2: efficient, you and know. The, sorry, I was going to say the results, when you look at them, it's, it's worked on a traffic list based on a traffic light system. Yeah. So the results are based on a traffic light system. So you know that if everything's green, you're fine. If you've got a little bit of amber, because it will list every worm they've tested for, every part of lung worm they've tested for, uh, and they'll. I say they also test for Giardia as well.
1: No, it's great, and I think it's a bargain. You know, and it just means yeah. you take control of your dog's health, really. You do, and also, I mean, you, you come, to,
2: you come to Wilds, you come to worm for, you come to worm counts for dogs. We send you a kit, and the kit contains a free post envelope. So you don't have to go to the post office. It doesn't need to be signed for. It comes with your letterbox. So it's really, we tried to make the process really simple and streamlined because going to your vet is a pain in the backside. Well, it is. I mean, not everyone's got a vet close to them for a start. Same with the post office. Not everybody's got a post office. So actually, if you've got something that's relatively flat, you can just stick in the post. And it's prepaid. It's prepaid. Wow, yeah, great. So you just pay once and then everything's there. And then everything comes back emailed or you'll get a text. If you've got a positive result
1: as well, you'll get a text. So for everyone listening, summarising, I suppose, you know, it's this mantra, hashtag test before you treat. Yeah. Is it a myth then, you know, all this worm zoomosis and um, what's the gen on the worm? The thing
2: about worming puppies is puppies can often inherit worms from their mother, either in utero or in the mother's milk. So actually, when you think about puppies and kittens, they're so small, and it's the same as babies. If for some reason they've got worms and they get ill and they get dehydrated, they can, they can die very quickly. So it's not when people say, I'm a real advocate of do what works, do what's necessary. Um, so if you've got a young puppies, then they could probably do with initial worming and, of and go and see the vet for that. Because I think they need, I don't know, is it three lots of worming Yeah, yeah. Flea treatment for the first five or six weeks? You can. There is a schedule for doing a worm test on the bitch um, and then seeing how she is with worms. And then you can also do what's called a puppy pool test, which is basically in the whelping box, you get a sample of all the poo. Because mm. it, as somebody said to me at the lab, if one's got it, they've usually all got it. Yeah, yeah. And even if you could only find a sample for one of them, treat the lot
1: yeah but i mean it makes sense you know to make sure the mother's in the best health yeah and test, you know during her pregnancy um which is only two and a half months yeah you know so not really, not at all. exactly so and obviously you know it's all about hygiene but i think you know so many puppies particularly in the last couple of years have been bred in despicable oh. conditions you know that you cannot consider as being normal or no. fair in, in in normal terms so
2: exactly and also i mean COVID did a great disservice to dogs because so many puppies were born to people who were staying at home and wanted a dog and necessarily didn't necessarily think it through, and so they may not have, they may not be so much into the natural stuff, or they may just be going along with the, what the vet says because they haven't really thought about it, they haven't planned it, and so they don't have the knowledge, mm. and so you need those dogs to be in a lot better health than they probably
1: are. Yeah, I mean, I've heard through the grapevine, through friends friend's vet, that said that most of these pandemic puppies, the owners don't even know what, what breed or mix their puppy actually is. Really? You know, yeah, so, you know, it would surprise me if they've got any sort of clue about worms in general, really, because it's not something as humans we're sort of, you know, brought up to have to deal with, really. No, I think it's a great, great tragedy, and I think, you know, the fallout is now beginning... Mm. You know to really hit hard
2: and i think we were just talking about earlier but i think when you've got a puppy and it's the pandemic a lot of people well like they do now a lot of people will go and buy the subscription service with the vet that covers all the flea treatments the worm treatments the checkups and i think that works well when you add it up that works quite well for the first year because you know it includes all the checkups and the spraying all the nutrients that's what you want to do all that kind of stuff But after that, it doesn't really make sense. So if you've got this puppy subscription service, you're getting your flea and worm treatments just sent to you in the post, you're not going to waste it.
1: No, I know, but I do feel in a way that's a bit of bullying, actually, on behalf of I think of it's vets, absolute bullying. I not you? You know, because agree. it's, it's channelling people down a particular route and not really <laughs> giving anybody any choice in the issue and, you know, using the, the pre- preposition that, you know, we're your vets, so you've really got to do what we tell you. Um, no, well, look, I'm a bit radical. Um, yeah, no, I
2: agree with that, but I think bullying is almost a bit too emotive. It's almost colder than that. It's, uh, it's, it's money making. Well, it is. I've, I was thinking yesterday, I have been to five vets in my local area since I have my dog and my cat and I've moved every time because the vet I'm with was a lovely little small vet and they've been bought out by a multinational. Now all four vets have different price points in my area that are all owned by the same company. Wow. That's cynical. It's make what well, it makes total business sense and it's the same thing for getting you in the door. I think from what I've read that flea and worm treatments have the have a massive profit margin and they're they're easy, repetitive income. That's how they get you
1: in. But there are vets out there that are really actually conscious of the impact of these flea and worm treatments, yep. not only to the pet's health, but to our human health, but also to the environment. In that, you know, there, there is science that correlates um, that constant use of very strong insecticides, you know, in a in a in a small animal that has a very fast metabolism will, over time, cause some side effects. You know, so that's you've got to think about it. It's out there footprint. Which is very common flea treatment this insecticide. One, is, it, is
2: it permethrin? I think it is.
1: Pre, yeah, and the other one I can never say which kills bees and pollinators, um, ima chloride, oh. but it's not that. <laughs> I, there's quite a lot of, um, I wish I've got to learn how to say it, oh, but, I, Yeah, but the thing is, you know, because inhaling them, so often vets in practice, they'll get migraines, you know, because if if you think they're seeing, I don't know, 10 dogs a day and they've got to put a flea treatment on each of them, that's 10 flea treatments a day, you know, even an average pet own, owner would only be doing it once a month, you know, so, yeah, um, but also but I guarantee, the fumes, yeah, the fumes, and inhaling them, and it smells like almonds, which always reminds me of
2: cyanide, um, you know,
1: Does cyanide smell of almonds?
2: Cyanide, cyanide is a derivative of almonds. Gosh. So that's when you smell... Anyway, so the pesticide always smells of almonds, but I guarantee you anybody who puts a spot on, on will forget about it and stroke their dog and it's all over their hands.
1: And then they wash their hands. Yeah. And then it goes and it, down yeah, the plug very hole. Good point. very yeah, good, good point. Yeah, it goes down the plug hole. Then the dog bed gets washed and it goes down the plug hole yeah. and so on and so yeah. on and so on w- and so we like? yeah well the university of sussex last year yeah brought out this really eye-opening study uh, that's you know, terrifying that study court, yeah, yeah where it actually said that british rivers were 38 times above the safety limit of fiprinol and the pollinating mm. uh pesticide yeah. insecticide that you know and it can't be coming from the farming industry because these insecticides were banned in farming gosh about 20 30 years ago yeah. so can only be coming from pets.
2: Um, and you think about spaniels and uh, yep. retrievers
1: and all water Diving loving ducks,
2: they're all in, but also I mean, yeah, it, it, the thing about it is, is it is a pesticide, it is an insecticide, I can't remember which is it, a pet, it's a pesticide, it's an insecticide.
1: Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it's an insecticide it's like, for like, fleas right. and a pesticide for worms. Okay,
2: so you're putting that on your dog and basically it is what it is. If it was in large enough amounts, it would kill the dog. If it was in large enough, larger amounts, it would kill us. It absolutely makes sense that if it's made, given it a dose that will kill fleas and kill worms, then why would it not be going out killing the small insects, which are then reducing the food chain? Exactly. You know, or the trout is eating enough insects to actually give itself a
1: problem. Well, or check this out, God. or <laughs> we could be drinking it, Yes. Yeah and dogs i mean i I filter all our water obviously but you know because somebody told me quite a long time ago that they've studied you know and and they found that the contraceptive pill is in all drinking water
2: oh yeah yeah
1: i mean it's it's just staggering isn't it you know we're sat here in this little glade on Hampstead heath it's so tranquil beautiful nature yeah had some birds around little squirrels been tormenting mr binks and it's really lovely and then you know, wouldn't it be awful if all of this just disappeared?
2: Well, look around. Where are the bees and where are the butterflies?
1: You're right, actually. I can't see any. I can hear a couple of birds. I
2: can hear a couple of I can hear birds and I can hear the squirrel rustling around. But there are no bees and there are no butterflies. Which is, you know, consider where we are. The sound is this good because it's dampened down by all the trees and the bushes, you
1: know. No, it's really awful. So it's all food for thought, really. And I think we're we're in this position where, you know, you've got food manufacturers now claiming dogs can become vegans. I saw a bee. That makes me so angry. There's a bee. And there's a bee? There is a bee. Oh, my God. There's a bee. Oh, there's a bee. (laughs) Chase the bee. Um, Yeah. And, you know, you've got... And then people are claiming that dogs can be vegans. We've got vegans. That makes me so... (laughs) so angry and even
2: worse when it's cats because a cat is an obligate carnivore it has to eat meat
1: exactly otherwise there's heart eye implications taurine but dogs no they've got teeth like that for a reason i know and they're short digestive i know and i've taken on you know the person um responsible for this survey that um came out claiming that dogs that were vegan were more healthy than dogs fed an average meat-based diet so um yeah i won't mention obviously any names um but yeah I, i did a very good job you know floored him I
2: can't have been difficult, really, in the face of all that. Not your knowledge. I know, but can you imagine? And he's a vet. Oh, this is basic common sense. <laughs> oh, if, I
1: know I'm sorry this is a podcast, but I've got my head in my hands. I know. Kate, you look in despair. You look like thinker. <laughs> <have> a thinker.
0: I am in despair.
1: Because <laughs> you're really... You know, cause in your book, My Itchy Dog, you've got a big section on food, haven't you?
2: Well, I also wrote a book called The Dog Diet.
1: That's why. Because...
2: Well, because when... You know, we ran... In fact,
1: I wrote a forward, didn't You did,
2: I? you wrote the forward for The Dog Diet. Yeah, yeah you did. Or oh, comment. I can't remember. I think it might be The Forward. I you can't... and Richard Allport.
1: Oh, yeah you know,
2: It's a really good book. Um, I say it myself, it sounds modern. No,
1: it is. It's on my bookshelf still. Fantastic. Just I can't keep, can't keep up with everything, really. No, it's, um, the reason The Dog Diet was written is because we would talk to people all the
2: time about why their dogs were itchy, why their dogs were smelly, why their dog always had fleas. And the first question we asked was, what do you feed your dog? Yeah. And it's the same, it's exactly the same now. My dog, Nikita, she ate raw for a long time. And then she got really old and she got very anxious. And so she got quite stressed and she couldn't really eat raw anymore. So now I cook her food. And that's the only two things I would consider, really raw and if I had to cook it. Keeping your dog's gut healthy and there is gonna keep their immune system healthy. It's gonna keep the microbiome healthy the gut flora is going to be really good and all those things will fight off lots of things so why would they not fight off fleas and worms?
1: Well yes and I mean there's also a study done which I, I love this study which proved that dogs that had a kibble diet were way more prone to being bitten by a flea than those that a raw diet because of their blood. The blood from a kibble eating dog is sugary because they are basically just eating sugar. Or Oh th- can you send me that? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's old. It's, oh, this is ages, but yeah. And you think about it, because I know when I go to a mosquito. A country like India or whatever, I get eaten alive, yeah, and that's because, yeah, hand on heart, I eat a lot of sugary food like pasta. I live on bread, but I buy good bread, you know. But I'm an omnivore, so that's okay, I can digest all of the nutrients from a good bit of bread. But you know, insects love me, and I just found that really fascinating, yes. I've written about that quite a lot. Do you know what would help you? what's that neem oil oh not that neem oil again i can't believe it look neem oil i've got to say look brilliant but it stinks Ah. i'm fine with raw green tripe yeah i quite like the smell but neem oil oh god
2: well it needs to smell like that because that's the active ingredient and if (laughs) you took that out it wouldn't work but you can get some really good sprays and creams that have essential oils in yeah they're doable you won't get eaten alive
1: yeah no i must actually reinvestigate the neem (laughs) the neem
2: (laughs) All praise to the neem. The
1: neem, but you've got to get the
2: good stuff. You've got to get the proper stuff. So things like Eco Neem is a very good one, Um, and that's the other one I recommend
1: actually. Yeah, I might actually get um, get some neem because um, yeah, have you got it on your website, Kate? No, I don't. I don't. I just sell worm counts now and uh, Jardia kits. So, but I can. Yeah, it's interesting about the Jardia kits actually. So I didn't know you could test for that.
2: Yes, you can. Uh, if you've got a dog that uh, suddenly is vomiting a bit, uh, you get diarrhoea, you get uh, sort of mucousy, nasty. Slimy. I love your podcast. Yeah, you can talk about all this sort of stuff. Kind of slimy, mucousy, poo, yeah, things yeah. like that. Then you can do a test for Jardia um, and that's really easy. It's like a COVID test. You just collect a bit of poo, mix it with a little in the little
1: buffer tube like we all did for two yeah, years, yeah.
2: and then put it on the sample you know, and there you go. Gosh, that's easy
1: enough. I mean, that's great because that saves the trip to the vet and at least you know then what the results are because arguably the vet's not going to do that in front of you in practice.
2: No, but also uh, things like the, uh, the worm count. You do a worm count or you do a lung worm test and the worm count test for jar deer is standard. Most people buy the combination of the two together. Yeah, you can't test for everything in one test because they're different tests.
1: That's interesting, isn't it, for lungworm? Because um, sometimes I just do lungworm tests, you know, because the, the general worms have come back clear for the last, you know, yeah. three, month, uh, three uh, tests, so basically a year. So, you know, the chances of having a general worm are highly slim, but the lungworm is the one I feel is the important thing to be testing for.
2: I say to customers or anybody who will listen to me bang on about it, I say, if you can only test for one thing, test for lungworm. Yeah. I might be right, I might be wrong, but lungworm is, um, you know, by the time you find out your dog has lungworm, you're having a, going to have a really hard time
1: saving their life. I know. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, any other worm isn't really fatal, um, but lungworm, you know, can be. Hey, Anna. Hey, Mike.
0: <sighs> is it hard enough for you?
1: Oh my gosh, it was so hot yesterday in London. Even me, I'm a sun worshipper, I couldn't cope with it. And my freezing flat had suddenly turned into a sauna. So I just don't know how some people coped yesterday.
0: Uh, I was I was I thought I was going to die. But, you know who was alright? Billy was alright. And why is that, Mike? Because thank you, you sorted us out with that Equifleece wet t-shirt. I did, and gosh, did it work all right? It was perfect. It was perfect, and you know he's he's not great on getting wet, and he doesn't really like to wear clothes. But he was happy with the the t-shirt once it was on, and it was easy to get on. The arms are open and it stretches, so he just kind of lifts his paw up and get it on. It was really easy to get on and off. Uh, you just get it wet, wring it out, put it on, and he stayed cool all day long, uh, and into the evening because it was still like 30 degrees over 30 degrees at 10 o'clock last night mad. I know
1: I know it was it was ridiculous and even today you know I know it's much cooler but it still is actually too hot for dogs at 26 degrees you know so you do have to be careful and the air is still so hot I think
0: yeah 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 so well thanks again because the Equifleece wet t-shirt was ideal
1: Well, I'm glad you liked it. So, yep, if you're thinking about getting a great cooling system, if you're going away on holiday or just to have a round in the office with your dog or wherever you go, check out www.equiflece.co.uk.
2: Do you know how lungworm works?
1: Yes, yeah, gosh. I mean, you know, I've spent a lot lot of time with the vet um, who always wears shorts um, talking about lungworm. In fact, there was a time when, um, gosh, <laughs> when that was part of the Barking Blondes, we did a whole kind of... It was before the internet was massive and, and this whole interview is supposed to be live streamed from a proper big agency down in groovy shoreditch and we were in there for about three hours and it was all about lungworm and the dangers of it and how it spreads and you know um, but something went wrong and it never streamed and it was one of those classic moments of you know technology but um well yeah but it's all isn't it? you know foxes i mean in london at the moment fox because you test for fox lungworm and other lungworm right? Yeah
2: you basically, the way it works is canine lungworm, fox lungworm, hedgehog lungworm and french heartworm.
1: French heartworm? Yeah
2: and the way it works is, all of these things, is your dog will go and uh, lick a dish that's got water in it that's been in the garden, a plant pot, it will go and lick a bit of grass that a snail has gone over, Um, it will eat a snail, it can eat some fox poo, and, and what, slugs, isn't and it? And slugs, yeah. Horrenda's got some awful slugs, slugs in garden at the moment. Slugs are very
1: nasty. Yeah. You know Diameticius yeah. Earth kills them? Yeah. <laughs> really right. effectively it kind actually. It um, dehydrates them yeah. yeah, it's brilliant. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and what it will do
2: is, so your dog will take in the uh, take it all in. And if it hasn't really got, well, your dog will take it in. And what it does is, unlike other worms which stay in the gut, it leaves the gut. It leaves the gut and goes into the bloodstream. And then it works its way up to the right side of the heart to the pulmonary artery and it just sits there by the time it gets there from being a larvae it's then grown into a full-blown adult which then releases millions of eggs that crawl up through the lung from the bottom they break into the lung they go all the way to the top your dog coughs them up oh and then it goes and and then swallows them no so by the time you've got a dog with symptoms like that imagine their
1: lungs are full of lungworm. No, that's awful. I mean, look, I'm going to- You've really got to be- Yeah, you've got to be on it. Well, look, see Mr. Binks here. In January, I sent off his lungworm test and and did Prudence. um, And Binks came back with moderate lungworm. I nearly passed out. Basically, quick, 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 get on to Barbara Jones at the Oakwood practice in Shropshire, my, my amazing vet. And I go, oh, my God, Barbara, Barbara, is Binks going to die? And she went, no, don't be ridiculous. Highly unlikely. Panicure is on its way. Apply, blah, 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 millilitres for a week, then retest, and then it'll be gone. Sure enough, that is what happened. Yeah. So, and it was Panicure rather than the spot-on that is well advertised on television.
2: Yep, yeah. and also again say treat for you know treat accordingly and for me with so that was an
1: example wasn't it actually a working real life example my own dog mr binks who's still alive um sat on my producer's knee right now eyeing up that squirrel um that you test and then you treat
2: but also you you treat with what you need and i would only ever give something like panicure rather than try and treat lungworm for me personally personal choice rather than try and treat it heavily but that's just me.
1: Well yeah, no. I mean everything it, else. No, absolutely. You know, when it comes to something like that, it's an acute thing. Of course, then I will use a worm, uh, uh, you know, an insecticide, Panicure, that's basically what it is. But it's not as harsh as, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's a it's, um, comparative version that is claimed to be the only cure for lungworm, actually. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in January, I actually told a few really savvy dog people that I was using Panicure and they went, well, that's not going to work. It's got to be the other one. And I said, no, listen, it, Barbara says so. And then one of these people googled on the spot because we we're having a bit of a row and um she went no you're right Anna sorry no oh it's okay so yeah so I've got a, a thing a panicure in my cupboard and it was fox anyway fox <laughs> lungworm and then that's quite, you know in Hackney at the moment we have got more foxes than they definitely have in Buckinghamshire because when I lived in Buckinghamshire I never saw a fox, never saw
2: Oh <laughs> We've got foxes living in my garden, they're, just, they're there all the time. The other thing to say with pharmaceutical flea and worm treatments is they work. I always say they're like bouncers. They work by just purging the entire system and it's almost like a bouncer. So if you ate something and the gut didn't like it, these kind of bouncers are basically just beating you up. But if you go in there with something herbal, like Vermex, for example, They kind of just gently usher you out the back end. Yeah, they make the gut so healthy. Yeah, they really help to keep the gut healthy, and they make it an an, a hostile
1: environment for the for the worm eggs. Well, that's where we go back to feeding raw. Yeah, and keeping your microbiome healthy because your microbiome we're only just beginning to understand its importance. And you know, ninety nine percent of our microbiome doesn't even belong to us. It belongs to loads of little furry friends living in there. 99% of our immune really? system. Yeah, no, so I did my talk, didn't I recently? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I made that point and I had this great slide, um, a little, look at this squirrel. <laughs> um, little um Baldur's furry breasts. friends on, on this picture um some of them look quite sweet really but they've all got hairs on them they're really and um you know if if we annihilate um these little creatures then you know we'll have a sterile gut um and you know you kind of got to say well what's the use of that absolutely it, none it, and, and and you know and then also right check this out this is something i mentioned on podcast actually well you know um in the book Forever Dog, Karen Becker wrote about this amazing study um, in Chicago University, Ohio University, um, 2019 so pretty recent, where they seized um, a load of typee dogs from a very nasty gangland awful place in Chicago and they split the dogs into two groups, those that may have the propensity you know to become a bit reactive and those that were already displaying clear signs of reactivity okay to other dogs and perhaps people as well you know and they analysed the the stools from each group and they discovered that the bacteria in the set of stools were notably different Hmm. between the dogs which totally then you know highlights how the food you eat can influence your behavior which we kind of know but that's I love that study yes
2: it's a great study and also
1: um if you think about it how much karma if you
2: feed your dog raw they're calmer, they're less stressed, they work better in their environment, their energy's better, they sleep better. So, and also it's, it's proven that, you know, it can reduce anxiety to have a really good gut. So when you actually factor all that in, your dog, it, their level of cortisol's gonna be a lot healthier. Uh, Their their adrenaline is going to be a lot healthier and and their body's then going to be able to fight because their immune system will be better. So, and and actually, if you think about it, if you're going to give dogs wormers and flea treatments every month, it's going to wreck their gut. It's going to lower their immune system. Their inability to fight off infection is just going to be strengthened. And you think, things like, um, like people don't know that an immature flea carries tapeworm.
1: I didn't know that actually. Gosh. So an
2: immature flea can carry, tapeworms. Actually,
1: no, I did know they can spread disease fleas. Are absolutely, I mean, fleas are awful. Let's just make yeah. that point. And, and once I did have a flea infestation before I left for the shires and it, it was ghastly. I, I was down to Gremlin. I didn't realise how, because Molly had never had fleas in nine years and no flea treatments, but we didn't live with a cat. Then Gremlin, my cat arrived, you know, and he was an outdoor cat. And I didn't understand that 80% of the world's fleas are cat fleas yeah. and that they are the only type of flea that will live on any creature. They're very indiscriminative and they'd like to be on a horse or you or Mike, my producer, just as much. And they're little devils. Even Hippocrates wrote about the cat flea. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, saying that they're the most well-adapted creature that are just literally impossible to kill. And they are, I mean, you can't even drown a cat flea because they've got flaps that come, oh no, I've researched the cat flea. They've got flaps that go woof over their nose. So you think you've killed them in yeah. the washing machine but then you hang the dog blanket onto the radiator what happens oh it's got a bit warmer and dry I'm alive again and off they spring
2: well I moved into a <laughs> flat about oh I don't know 20 odd years ago and it's absolutely fine and I got a cat a couple of years later within a week the whole place was jumping there we go apparently what, well what they do is they'll feed on the dog they'll uh, or the cat or the cat they'll shed all the eggs into the floor They'll hatch, the larvae will go along. Thank you very much, eating up all your skin and things like that. that they they live in the carpet. But then what they do is they roll themselves up into a cocoon and they can sit there for years. And they think what happens is the CO2, the change in CO2 from uh, closer to the ground, so babies and pets, then they think, great, and out they come.
1: So they're just waiting They're just waiting. Prey. They're
2: like evil, uh, they're like James Bond, what are they called, you know, evil superheroes, so, you know, <laughs>
1: yeah. they're like some kind of evil James Bond character, they're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is true, you know, so these things do exist out there and, and pet parents need to be aware, you know, that fleas, you know, dogs can catch them. You know, fleas
2: can carry immature tapeworms, but your dog can get worms from all over the place. And, and basically it comes down to the whole philosophy which is uh, prevention is better than cure and you know just to get a snapshot of what's going on in your dog's gut test them for worms with a worm
1: count test. And to think about neem which I've just got to tell everyone it does smell of old socks. It does smell of old socks. It does, it does Kate, it's it, no, worse it does. than raw green try. Some
2: people love it and some people don't. I think it smells like cabbage that's turned that's then on the turn it doesn't smell brilliant but. When you talk about worms and fleas as well, it's brilliant for um, treating any flea bites. It's really good for helping keep, fle- keep fleas off. You know, just mix some neem oil, get the organic stuff from Econeme. Mix some neem oil with a little bit of um, emulsifier like a fairy liquid or, you know, washing up liquid and some water. And you spray it everywhere. Spray it in your decks. Spray it on the floors. That, so
1: that's what's great. I mean, you know, ninety percent of the fleas in your home—they're not on your pet. So they're in no. the crevice behind your sofa. And they love in ver- it there. They're in
2: various life stages as well. I mean, that's the thing. Another thing I'll say about worms is: worms are parasites, and like any parasite, they need a host to complete their life cycle. Yeah. So worms need your dog. If you didn't, the kind of worms that dogs get, they need—they the, need your dog to complete the life cycle. The way it works is they'll lick something, they'll eat something, the eggs go into the gut. And what's things like tapeworm, tapeworm will just kind of like latch onto the, in, to the intestine and it will just release and shed millions of eggs out of the backside of your dog.
1: Another dog licks it and off you go. Well, that's how foxes, you know, um, yeah transfer it, and of course slugs, ooh, I really have a problem with the slug, I mean, really. Yeah. I used to see them like crawling all over, oh, it's gross, um, you know, a lump mm. of poop. And then of course they'll slide off and put it all on the grass wherever they're going, mm. and um, so that's the connection, isn't it? That's
2: the connection, and also if you think, you take a look at your garden and you look at it, and you think, right, the slugs, the snails, there's foxes, there's going to be fox poo somewhere, there's the toys that I left outside last night. Yeah,
1: you've got to not do yeah. that. I mean, it's lesson number one. Yeah. I mean, you never leave toys no. out, you know. Old
2: pot plants that have got uh, pot, um, you know, the, pot saucers that have got water in yeah, them. Yeah, Old the yeah, Old water bowls, yeah, anything like that. Yeah. Anywhere your dog likes to have a go and have a sniff. Grass, you know, anything that somebody's crawled over or walked on or pooed on. I know, but we mustn't
1: scaremonger at the end no, of the day, I you think, know. I think
2: my point is is that you look at it and you think, oh, you know, my dog's fine. Or some customers say to me, isn't it something only dogs that live in the country get? Right. So, um, well, my no, answer, because my most answer, of the no. foxes
1: are in London. I honestly do believe exactly. that. I honestly, <laughs> honestly, I know. I mean, you know, I do yeah. believe that.
2: And hedgehogs, you
1: know, yeah, the we hedgehog population. Many in London, I don't know. No, no the hedgehog
2: population isn't great, but the hedgehogs carry lungworm too.
1: Oh, I didn't know
2: that. Yeah. So we test for
1: hedgehog lungworm as well. Yeah. No, he said. No, that's great. So the message is: test before you treat. Think about neem oil as a deterrent and for detoxifying your home because, you know, and that for me, I'd put it on my sofa rather than on myself, actually, (laughs) the neem oil. And then of course, you've got worm counts for dogs. Yeah. Do you do worm counts for cats?
2: You can get worm counts for cats. Uh, And if you tell us you want a worm count for a cat, we can absolutely do that,
1: it's not a problem. That's brilliant. But cats don't suffer from lungworm, do they? No, they don't.
2: Cats don't suffer from lungworm. You can test all sorts. You can test tortoises, birds, you can test all sorts, but we're specifically worm counts for dogs. Uh, and I write quite a lot as well about worms. I mean, there are a lot of ways you're to prevent worms. The,
1: you're often in um, the holy grail. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. and um, and lots of other places as well, Kate.
2: Yeah, I write for some um, raw dog food companies. Yes. So I write for whoever will pay me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean it is the worm counts is for me really simple. It just encompasses. Keeping your dog really healthy, keeping their gut healthy, it's, an, it's just part of an holistic approach. Yeah. Which as you said, you know, test before you treat.
1: And maybe add a supplement like Vermex.
2: Yeah, Vermex is fantastic. Um, and it's great because you can either have it in a treat or you can have it in a liquid. And they're very good if you want to chat to Vermex, they're brilliant. Give the treat every day, dog loves the treat, keeps their gut healthy. The liquid, you give for three consecutive days a month, so you can just give it on the first, second and third. If your dog comes back from a test, with a worm burden and you get a worm egg result that says your dog's got worms, you can actually call them and if they can, they will help you. You should be able to treat it naturally. So if you've got like a minor tapeworm infection, something like that, have a chat to them. Don't, you don't automatically have to go, I'm going to go completely pharmaceutical, which I would with the worm.
1: Yeah, no, totally. Um... I mean, to be honest, in all these years, so you know, well over 20 years now, we've only had one lungworm, which has been Mr Binks of all the dogs. Little, you know, butter wouldn't melt. I mean, but he's a cheeky monkey. He doesn't
2: look like he's got room for lungworm. So no, little. I know.
1: Well no, We've got to keep him slim. <laughs> yeah, don't we, Willie? No, he's just such a small He needle. is. He's tiny. Yeah, I know. Just under five kilos, aren't you? Kate, thank you. Pleasure. Hey, should we hike over to Kenwood for a coffee?
2: Let's. Yay! Can we go to the ponds for a swim?
1: (laughs) That's our show Mr Binks, what did you think? Yes, you're right, it is so important that we all do our bit for the environment. And you're right, it is time for Woof of the Week. (coughs) So, calling out to all pet parents, please be aware that you can test before you treat. Well, I hope you all enjoyed it. If you did, please rate and review the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again to Kate Bendix for joining us today up on the heath. All the links are in our show notes. Thanks again, of course, to Mike Hansen, my producer. Find out more about him at Pod People UK. And I'm at Anna Webb Dogs. What's that, Mr Binks? Yes, you're right. We will be in your feed again next Sunday. So, Why don't you subscribe now? It's free, then you'll never miss another show. Bye for now.